Hey girl, welcome to the Reconstructed Woman Podcast. I am your host, Claire Davey, and I am so excited that you are here. If you are a woman, wife, or mama looking for freedom in Christ, get ready. The mission of the Reconstructed Woman is to help women just like you release the pain of your past, rebuild your identity in Christ, and renew your mind in truth. Girl, I love truth. I love keeping it real, and you're going to get plenty of that here. I am so excited for what God is going to do through this mic and in your life. All right, ladies, welcome back. I am so pumped for today's guest. Um, today, I have Laureen Trulio. Did I say your name last name right? Trujillo. Trujillo. Okay, Trujillo. I knew I would. I knew I would mess it up off the break. Um, I am super excited for our time together today. I want to tell you guys a little bit about um, Laureen. We met gosh, online. And I'm so thankful for Instagram for that very reason. Um, But when we had a conversation, we did a live together and I just knew that I had to have you on the show, that my listeners and ladies needed to hear from you. Um, Laureen lives in Los Angeles. She has a background in acting and fitness and a heart for Jesus and passion for helping people live their best lives physically, mentally, and spiritually. She's an author and recently had a book signing at Barnes and Nobles, The Grove, launched an online faith-based fitness community called Strength and Glory, hosts virtual faith and fitness conferences that will evolve into live events, and has stepped into public speaking and sharing her testimony at churches and nonprofit organizations. When she's not working, writing, creating, studying, working out, or being a social butterfly, you'll find her cuddled up with her dog and a cup of coffee or two. I love it. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to hear more about your fitness community because I'm interested personally in that. Um, yes. So I I really just want to to start with your testimony. Um, your bio talks about how you've been sharing um, your testimony. And I know that's probably loaded and we could unpack it for days. Um, <laughs> but as far as your testimony and how you now help women physically, spiritually, emotionally, um, share with us like your, a little bit of your story and what brought you to this point. Yeah, thank you, Claire. Thank you for having me on today. So uh, just to kind of give you a Cliff Notes version, and then I'll lead into how uh, Strength and Glory actually started. So I was a personal trainer, group fitness instructor. I started out in a little bit of fitness modeling after I left acting. And that was that's a whole other story in and of itself and how that came to be. But God called me into the fitness arena for about seven years, and I was actively um, training uh, you know, I was doing the fitness photo shoots, all the things. And that lasted um, probably, I think, it, from for about seven years. And then in 2017, um, I went through a very hard year. And actually, it kind of rolled over into a, a few years. So it ended up being like this three-year period of just a lot of different losses that kept compiling. So in 2016, uh, it was a great year, right? And the Lord actually spoke to me towards the end of 2016. Well, at the top of it, he said, I'm going to give you a year of rest. And so mm-hmm. 2016 was one of those years where life was just kind of very easy. <laughs> and, 
you know, I was I was working like maybe 15, 15 hours a week. I had more than enough money to take care of myself and other people. And it was just one of those years where I just felt like this is it. Like I'm finally, I'm finally getting that point where, you know, it's, it's easy. And, and he prepped me and he said, well, get ready because in 2017, I'm going to take you into the wilderness, but I'm going to speak to you softly there, get close enough to hear my heartbeat. And I was just like, and so in 2017, I ended up, you know, I I went into the year thinking, oh, I'm going to get proposed to this year by the boyfriend that I'm with, you know, we're already in community together. We're doing all these things together. Well, my grandmother passed at the top of the year Mm. and she was like a, like a mom to me. And so it was the first real loss of my life. And I didn't know how to process the grief that I felt. My instinct was just get angry. And so um, anger was my default. And with that grief, um, I started to get chronic uh, illness with sinus infections that, you know, undiagnosed treatments, just all this stuff that was happening within my body. And uh, so many rounds of antibiotics and steroids actually began to affect my physical health, led to adrenal fatigue. So now what I do for a living is being threatened. Then because of my grieving, my boyfriend broke up with me. And essentially it was because, you know, we, we talked about it later and he said that the onset for him wanting to end things with me was the death of my grandmother, which literally made me spiral emotionally and mentally because I began to feel like if I didn't have this persona of perfection, if I couldn't look pretty, if I couldn't be presentable and like perfect and and whatever, that somehow I was no longer wanted. I was only wanted if, if my life was perfect and if I came across as such. And so that began to really plague me um, mentally and emotionally. And it led that breakup actually led to just like this combustion of all of my community that I had with him, kind of just everything just imploded and I didn't I lost a lot of friendships because of it and um uh you know I began to spiral emotionally so now I have the grief I have the hurt of the breakup I have the physical illness and then one of my clients that I was making that covered maybe two-thirds of my income dropped me so from overnight now I'm struggling financially and all of this happened within a like a a six-month period so it was just one thing after the other in a six-month span and I could it was just one of those things where I could not mentally process everything that was happening at once. And so um, I began to shut down and I started to scramble. I had to find new ways to, to get work. I was trying to connect with old friendships that were outside of my relationship. And the hard part was him and I had been close friends for seven years prior to dating. And so we had I had a community with him. Long story short, um, the only way for me to heal was to leave L.A. And I left. I abandoned my sister. I asked her to move to L.A., I left her to go start a faith-based fitness company in Houston, Texas with um, who was one of my best friends. And then that endeavor actually kind of hurt our friendship. And so we, we parted ways and we never got the business up and running. And so I ended up in Houston alone, essentially doing life almost by myself. I fell into a serious depression, started having anxiety attacks. And then to cope with all of it, I got into a long-distance relationship with somebody who was giving me the attention that I felt like I needed. So I moved my whole life in this state of brokenness to Ohio from Houston, and I'm already hurting financially, and I haven't dealt with anything that I already experienced. So yeah, so uh, you know, I, I I had to lay down a dream that I had to be in this business with my best friend, and it really hurt our friendship. And so I moved to Ohio for this this guy, um, got fitted for engagement rings, and was kind of rushing the whole process because I felt wanted by him, and I didn't understand that that was a rebound until. 
after the fact, but I moved to Ohio, ended up even more alone. And like, thankfully the people that he introduced me to, like they came in and swooped in like angels of mercy and just surrounded me where I felt really covered by the incredible people that I met. But our relationship itself was triggering a lot of my hurt and my pain and just feeling like there was just a lot that happened within the relationship that brought up even childhood trauma. And there were instances where I just felt um, objectified, which then bled to uh, residual trauma from being molested uh, when I was a toddler that came up and resurfaced. And so I started to deal with just shame and just feeling um, used and like, like a, a, like a toy, you know? And so I, I didn't know how to process any of that, honestly, Claire. I, I, so I shut down and I started getting like suicidal thoughts. I started withdrawing from people. I would stay like just closed off in the bedroom that I was staying out of, uh, that this wonderful lady took me and my dog in so that we had a place to live because everything that my boyfriend at the time had said was going to happen wasn't happening and I couldn't get work. So I'm draining my funds. I'm already hurting financially. I'm draining all my savings to be out there in Ohio for a relationship that is now really hurting my mental health. And so, um, long story short, I decided to end the relationship. I checked into Christian therapy and, uh, I moved all the way back to Los Angeles cross country road tripped with, um, a good friend of mine who flew in and my, my mom and my stepdad, and they helped me move back to LA. And then from there, it was just a process of, you know, rebuilding my life from the ground up. And in 2020, when, when COVID happened, I had just got employed at my first full-time job in years. And so I was like, yes, I got stability. I'm back living with my sister. It's going to be good. And three months into my new job, COVID happened and I got furloughed. (laughs) And so in the midst of all this, I'm still recovering from severe adrenal fatigue. Um, I can't function the way that I used to. And I'm kind of grieving the loss of myself on the process. And so um, when, when the shutdown happened, I got put on unemployment. And I remember sitting with the Lord and being like, I can't just sit here and take this free money. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I said, God, what, how do you want me to spend this time? And he goes, you're going to write your book and you're going to heal. And so I sat down, I hired a Christian uh, life coach and I put myself on a six to eight hour writing uh, day schedule. And I did, I sat with the Lord and I processed and I wrote my entire book in three months. Just in front of, yeah, just, I just poured Mm -hmm. out poured it all out. And in the process, God was actually revealing a lot about my own brokenness and why I operated the way that I did. And I just felt like so um, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So I'm doing this writing and I'd go back and I'd reread the pages and I'd be like, wait a minute, that I wrote that? No, I didn't write that. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then the Lord began to guide me through healing in real time by teaching me the different things that he was actually trying to impart to me. I couldn't grasp, right? I could not grasp what he was trying to teach me in in the moment like in the moment I was like I hate my life just let me sleep Elijah status like I'm just gonna sleep here and drink my cheap glass of Trader Joe's wine even though I'm not even a wine drinker and I'm just gonna cry into my you know my fast food bean burritos because I'm just coping and so I wrote the book and as soon as I finished it God gave me specific dates it was so wild the day that I finished it um I sent it off to the editor and then once the editor got it done, like there were so many God, God divine appointments. Well, I had an end date um, that I was no longer going to have any hands on with the book. I took my hands off and I said, okay, Lord, the rest is yours. The editors have it. The publishing house has it. So I self-published. I was like, everybody else has to do their job. I'm done. 
And he, right. he told me the date that you, the day that you lift your hands from it, let it go. I was like, okay. I lifted my hands, and the very next day, my cousin died of an overdose. Oh my gosh! And so I needed to be available for my family. I actually we couldn't fly home because of the shutdowns. So mm-hmm. I um I ended up giving. They asked me to give the eulogy. I gave her eulogy through Zoom. Wow. And I remember just being like okay, Lord, like you just walked me through all of that. So with everything that you've now given me, you're going to help me walk through this and you're going to help me walk alongside my family and you're going to help me know how to navigate this. And I watched his grace show up in a real way that I was not allowing him to show up when I was grieving the first time. And so it's just been this transformational process of that. But since then, you know, I've been able to share that testimony of everything that I walk through I'm in different speaking engagements, but the capacity that has been built within me to be able to see and recognize the hurting is something that could not have been developed had I not walked through what I went through, I don't think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I was going to say right when you started sharing. um, The verse that came to me was in James where he says, count it all joy um, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfast. Well, I can't talk steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. And it talks about also that our faith is tested in these wilderness seasons, in these valleys, in these low points. And we know in um, the Bible, the Lord talks about there's a time for everything Mm -hmm. under heaven, right? And there's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to heal, a time to mourn and weep and wail and dance and sing. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds like, I mean, one, how good is he to prepare you, to warn you, like it's coming, your wilderness season is coming. And that, um, you know, you found him in it. And I know that that's how it was for me when I um, was broken and had to, to deal and heal with trauma. Um, But most of us, um, it's our human natural tendency to want to run away from it, right? Or run away from the hard or the pain. And instead, when we lean in is when the Holy Spirit says, okay, now I can pull out what's, you know, broken in you and I can rebuild what's, what's fractured in you. And what you had said about grief and loss and anger is so, so common because a lot of grief that is not released Mm -hmm. and processed manifests as anger. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's that we just need to cry and we need to release and we need to mourn. And and we don't because we were afraid and we let the enemy and fear lie to us. And if we would lean in and grieve in those hard places and invite the Lord in, what happens is we find true healing. We find um, that we're actually empty and void of things that only Jesus can give us, right? And if everything is going status quo the whole time and it's perfect, then we're never going to allow him into those hard places and spaces where we need that reconstruction, you know? I mean, that's what the reconstructed woman is all about. It's all about allowing Jesus into those places and championing the woman to say, look, we can do hard things and we can get through hard things and we have to go through hard seasons to be built, to be rebuilt. Because if not, 
we're, we're building on false. And so what you had said earlier, you, you said everything had to be perfect, your physique, your job, the way that you were loved, the way we're, well, that's all faulty and an ex- exterior, right? If you were, had it all together on the exterior, but didn't have the interior rebuilding you and you weren't strong on the interior, as soon as something happens, you know, you gain 10 pounds, what's going to happen? You're going to feel like crap about yourself, right? You're, and so you did just, it sounds like you just allowed the Lord to hold you and you held on to him through the ride. And that is what essentially it's like it's not going to last forever. The seasons, there's seasons and there's seasons of suffering. But what you gained was de- a deeper faith, a steadfast faith, a mature faith, right? And so now God can take your story and help others. And so what would you say to the woman that is um, feeling like she's either in that wilderness season or she's approaching that wilderness season and she's afraid and she doesn't, she wants to resist that wilderness season. What would you say to her to encourage her to press into that season? I I honestly think it is exactly that is, is, is press into it regardless. Right. And, and what I discovered is the more that I tried to avoid it, the more that I just tried to fix or just not allow myself to go there even emotionally, the worse it got. It, it made it impossible for me to actually process. And so one of the things that God showed me was where some people don't have the capacity to go into those seasons with you, he's already in that season waiting for you to meet him there. And so there's good. so much that can be done, so much that can be uprooted if we allow it. And, you know, for 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 one of the biggest lessons that I learned with God um, for myself was God is not punishing me in these seasons where things are falling apart. What he's doing is he's allowing a refinement to happen because I have to sit there then and say, okay, why is my response this? Why is this allowed to be brought up to the forefront in my mind? Why am I being triggered by things that happened when I was three? What is going on? And I think sometimes when we get to that desperate point, it's an opportunity for our very chest to be cracked open and God to say, now I can get in there and I can do the work that you don't even know that you need right now, but it's going to be worth it because if I can get you to a place where you are surrendered enough to let me carry you through every single moment of your life and you understand that dependency is vital in your walk in order to be all that I created you to be, in order to step in and obtain everything that I have for you, then... (laughs) You're going to be more willing to let the hardship come because you know that like sandpaper, it's it's getting rid of some of the hard edges, right? Like fire refines gold. It's actually making you more pure. It's making you more like Christ if you allow the work to be done. And so I would say, you know, the fear is I'm afraid of going there because one, I don't know what people are going to think about me. Number two, I don't want to feel the heaviness. Number three, what if God can't handle it? And every single one of those, you know, the first one, who cares what people think? You are limiting yourself from encountering God and his grace and just how much he wants to pour out his love and healing on you. If you're sitting here worried about how other people think that you're going to process what you're going through, don't make it about the people 
Make it about your vertical relationship with the Lord. And then the more you focus in on that vertical and you let him get in there and do the, the get in there and, you know, cultivate that heart and heal it. Then, then you can worry about the horizontal relationships because the more that you let God work on you, the better the relationships around you will be because they are dealing with a healed person, not somebody who's sitting there coping and operating from a place of anger. And then the other aspect of, you know, I don't want to feel that way. Here's the thing. I didn't want to feel the feelings that I was feeling because it made me feel less than. What I didn't understand is how applicable scripture is when it says that his his um, strength is made perfect in our weakness. If we're sitting there trying to carry ourselves all the time because we're afraid of dealing with our own baggage, that becomes a very, very difficult place to live in for a long period of time. Yes. It, it becomes self-destructive. Yeah. Right. And so if we say, okay, God, if you're allowing this, then you're allowing your strength to have an opportunity to make, be made perfect in my weakness. And you're allowing me to depend and rely on you, which means I don't have to carry this, which means my burden can actually become lightened because you say that you're take my yoke and my burden upon you because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He wants that transference because he wants the dependency. So then it leads me to, I don't know if God can handle this, honey. He created everything. He can handle it. That's right. And we put God in this box and we start to superimpose the way people handle us as to how God is going to handle us. And nothing shatters that facade more than watching him show up and display his love, his grace and his strength in your life. If you let him, because he wants to, and I think he really wants to, uh, he really wants you to encounter him. But more so, he wants you to get a clear picture of who Jesus really is for you in this process. And when we take him out of the boxes that we put him in, when we say, I'm no longer going to have a God that I've created in my own design based off of my experiences, I want to know you. Something radical shifts within us. So now we see a God that is more than capable to help us through that. And we're okay with coming undone. We're okay with letting him do that. So the encouragement is, don't be afraid. To yeah. fall apart, Jesus has you. Yes. Yes, I love it. I oh, it's so good. All of this is so, so good. And what you said, there's so many things I want to touch on, but I know we have to wrap up soon for time purposes. But one of the things that you said was, okay, let me just touch on the fear of man first versus fear of God. Um, that is common that we all feel like we want to be accepted and loved by man and we wonder what they think. But let me tell you, it's a beautiful place to get to where we learn that God's opinion is the only one that matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, so I could not agree with you there more. It's a process. There's layers to that. But also our strength cannot be attached to our value. I suffered from that same thing when I was in a weak season of healing and had to go to celebrate recovery and um, from some deep childhood trauma. And I felt so weak and the Lord was telling you the same thing, but that's where you find my strength is in your weakness. And I had to, had I not felt that weak, he would not have been able to separate that I was attaching my value. Mm -hmm. I'm only strong if I'm only valuable if I'm strong because I've held A, B, and C together and I got this. And if all of a sudden I don't have this anymore, well, then actually good. 
because that means we've come to the end of ourselves and we've learned that we're human and we fall short of the glory of God and we we start to learn his grace and that his mercies are new every morning and his strength and it is proficient and it and then third like you said he has it enough and everything that the enemy has sent he's turning around for our good and his glory and nothing is too big for him um he the word says who is man that god is even mindful of us right to dust we were we were formed from dust and to dust we return and in god's power when it comes to the human i mean we're dust we we are nothing compared to him yet we're everything as his children because he loves us and we're made in his image and so i agree with you and i love that encouragement for women and i would say that we have to know the word of god and seek the word of god so it can become our anchor and our foundation for when these seasons of wilderness come mm -hmm. we to know who God is more by knowing his word. Many of us have an idea of who he is, what, you know, religion, church, we have an idea, but truly in this hour, if you are in a season of wilderness, you, regardless where the season you are, you need to, to know his word. So that will anchor you to truth and, and be the foundation in Matthew. He says, when the storms come, mm -hmm. if you're not built on the word of God, you're not going to make it. I had a breakdown. I wasn't built. I had an idea. I was saved. I was Christian. Okay. But he didn't let the storm overtake me. But then he said, oh, no, no, baby girl, we got to rebuild this foundation, right? And yeah. we got to start from the ground up. And that's what he wants to do. He's done it for Loreen. He's done it for me. He'll do it for you. And um, I know that there's a part two to this. We, we have to wrap up for time purposes. Um, anything else that you want to say or share before we, um, before we wrap up? Yeah, I'll end with this, actually, because while you were talking, God brought up um, one of the biggest things that he told me. And he said, um, get rooted. Mm. And so what I didn't understand by that when I was in the middle of all of it is that the, the desert or those desert seasons, right, those metaphorical desert seasons are an opportunity to draw your roots so deeply into Christ that you mm -hmm. do become that tree planted by the stream yes. that never you know, whose leaves never fail. And so if you're in that season where you're like, everything in my life feels dry, it feels dark, it feels empty, it feels lonely, this is an invitation. Consider it a holy invitation to allow God to draw the roots of your faith down so deep that you find the living water for your soul. And it's going to keep you when the next dry season comes because you're still going to be flourishing. Right. And when you allow that process, right, it's not necessary. In those seasons, you're not going up and out. In right. the dark seasons, you're going down and in. And it's yeah. those seasons that I found are the most powerful. Because until the, the deeper down you go and the more mm -hmm. you fight through that soil and the more that you choose, I'm going to get so anchored. I'm going to get so anchored. It's going to lead to legacy because then later you go up further, you go out wider and more people are impacted by the fruit of your life because you are constantly being fueled by, by Christ. And so that's, that's, what's really important. I think is, and sometimes we forget that, that rooting is dark and it's hard work. Yes. Yes. Sowing and sowing. But he says there will be a time where you harvest and, and 
who you become through that process, what you sow, what you reap, and what you build, and what he builds in you is life-changing. You truly become who you are, were created to be. Mm-hmm. So it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful process. And um, I love it. I love it. That's the heartbeat of the reconstructed woman is that process just saying it in a, di- in a different way. Right. And so um, I'm just so thankful for God's hand over your life, his anointing and what he's doing. Could you pray for the women um, as we go out and we will end on that note. And I would love to have you back for part two. Yes. <laughs> I would love that. Probably okay. part two, but yeah. Oh, Heavenly Father, I come before you right now, God, and I just thank you for the women listening to this episode, God. And I just pray right now that your um, that your word would go out to them, Lord God, and it would be a word that doesn't come back void because your word never does. And so I pray that whatever you wanted to share, even in this segment, God, that it would impact hearts and minds in such a deep and profound way that it it inspires more hope. It inspires more courage to stay in um, their season and not try and avoid it, God, because there's a deep cultivating that is happening when we're in these seasons of pain and suffering. And I pray, mm-hmm. Father God, that it would be an opportunity for them to get acquainted with their good, good Father who delights over them, who draws near to them in their brokenheartedness, who is with them at all times, who goes before them, who goes behind them, who hems them in, who holds them, and who catches their tears in bottles, Father God. I pray it's an opportunity for them to encounter the love of Jesus in a way that anchors them so firmly on the rock um, that they are unshakable and immovable when the storms of life come, God. And I just pray that you would surround them with um, the community that they need and the safe people that they need to be able to process their emotions not only with you in in the secret place, God, but they can process and filter through what they're going through with trusted people, Lord God, who constantly lift their eyes and perspective and shift it back to you, the author and the perfecter of their faith. And we know, God, that that, um, everything is worked out for um, our good and your glory. It's everything works out for the good of those who are called according to his purpose, God. And so I pray that um, the ladies listening would be encouraged to just hold on to hope, but also not be afraid to allow you to walk them through this process and also um, step into what that healing and transformative work will require of them in order to be able to steward what you do have for them, Lord God, with the grace and capacity that will allow them to flourish and to help lead others to you, Lord God. Our our testings are meant to be the testimonies that break other people into freedom. And so I pray that they would glean everything that they can from this season and that they would take it and use it to help free other people that are trapped, who are caught in pain, caught in sorrow, and also need to, to understand the way that you work so that we can be reconstructed women, God, for your yes. glory. Would you cover them? Would you comfort them? And would you show them your grace and your love in a very real and tangible way? In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Claire. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Reconstructed Woman podcast. To join the journey, head over to thereconstructedwoman.com. Here's to freedom. Freedom.